This is Hemant. And Jessica. And you're listening to the Friendly Atheist Podcast. Please go to patreon.com slash friendly atheist podcast to support the show. You're doing us a huge favor. Mm-hmm. You get ad-free podcasts. Mm-hmm. You get bonus episodes. I swear there's only one more week of Survivor Talk because then it's over for the season. It's true. And I'm, <laughs> guys... Real excited to talk about it. This is now officially the preamble show to our Survivor cast. Right. Which and we then we will talk well. about other things. Um, <laughs> let me give a shout out to some of our more recent supporters. We got Pat in the chat, James, A.S.E. Shepard, Alice W., Daniel W., Brian N., and Jonathan C. Thank you so much for supporting the show. And Can we Brad D? Have we ever have we already thanked Brad D? Uh, sure, go for it. Oh, he's just a friend of mine, and I tried to just give him the RSS feed because I didn't want to charge him. And you can't do that. You're a I, professional. I can't. I don't do it for my mom. I just did it for my good friend Brad. Oh my god! <laughs> I made my parents. We'll pay, have a obviously. talk after the show. <laughs> um, there are so many stories that I want to discuss. Yeah, so we're, we're a little over a week out from our last record. I know, and there were like. Five, six things where I'm like, well, this will be the top thing we talk about. And then that list got longer and longer. Can I pick the top topic? Mm, no, it's not. The, it's just I want to no. be happy that Warnock won for a second. That is part of this. Yes. Oh, is, do you have that in your... Uh, something like that. I, I like, am glad that Warnock won. Yes, that was... Um, um, there's a... A nail biter for There me. is a tweet. I'm sure it's been... Uh, posted many times over in different ways, mm. but it's like I'm a Canadian, and every American election is like fifty point one percent puppies and unicorns, yeah, forty nine point nine percent like everyone gets diarrhea. You literally set everything on fire. Ooh, yeah, and it's like know. why are these close races? That's disturbing. They were ups- it was upsettingly close. Yeah. You should all be very ashamed of our country that Herschel Walker got like forty nine percent of the oh votes. Oh my god, it was. <laughs> And I was on like a happy hour call with a friend who lives in Atlanta. And so she was like, they haven't counted my county yet. They haven't. <laughs> <laughs> so actually, let's start with politics since we're there already. I saw this headline in the new publication, Semaphore, which gets Semaphore? a lot. Yeah, S-E-M-A-F-O-R. And they get a lot of media people who are reading it because it's run by some popular media people. But the headline was this. Uh, This is from December 5th, earlier this week. Top evangelicals are backing away from Donald Trump. And then I laughed. Mm -hmm. And then I saw the article. And I'm going to read you an excerpt from it. And you laughed harder? Uh Uh-huh. Evangelicals, conservatives. This is a quote. Evangelicals, Mm -hmm. conservatives, and freedom-loving Americans. Uh The common question is, who can win in 2024? That's a quotation from Bob Vanderplatz, who runs one of these Christian right groups. Mm -hmm. And he said... And I believe that is Trump's highest hurdle. Vanderplatz, who co-chaired Ted Cruz's campaign in 2016, said he had many conversations with conservatives who really like the former president, but want to move forward with, quote, a vision for the future versus a complaint uh, or critique about the past. Wow. Some evangelical leaders are also... surprisingly clear-eyed. Some evangelical leaders are also tiring of the former president's obsession with trying to somehow overturn the previous election and his ever-growing list of personal scandals and inflammatory statements. Yeah, the 2020 thing is going to have diminishing returns now that we're clear of the midterms. Yeah. Um, The article also cites hate group leader Tony Perkins of Family Research Council, Mm -hmm. David Lane of the American Renewal Project, who is someone who works to get Christians elected at every level of government, Mm -hmm. evangelical Southern Baptist pastor Robert Jeffress in Texas. All of them were quoted as saying, we are not taking sides here. We are not jumping on the Trump train. We would like to move past Trump. And that's where the headline comes from. And the reason I'm laughing is because, like, 
most of these people said all the same stuff in the summer of 2016 or at the beginning of 2016 where they're like, yeah, we don't love the guy. Look at him. Look Mm -hmm. at the scandals. Look at the way he talks. He's clearly not one of us. Mm -hmm. And then when he won the primary in 2016 and your only option is Hillary Clinton, realistically, Mm -hmm. they're like, "Eh, we'll find a way to get over our complaints. (laughs) Access Hollywood tape doesn't matter. He's fine. He's a family man. Um, so he has so many of them. <laughs> and that's the thing, like these, the article very briefly mentioned that these people just want to back the winning team and they don't think Trump will succeed in 2024. So they're oh. trying to set the stage right now to say we're not there yet because mm-hmm. he's not guaranteed to be like the guy in 2024, except what they all, what wasn't abundantly clear is that if he indeed keeps running for president, like mm-hmm. he says he is. And if he wins the Republican primary, which I don't believe for a second is out of the question, sure. they will 100% vote for him in 2024. And this article did not make that abundantly clear, starting from the headline. Because these people would mm-hmm. endorse him, they would vote for him, they would encourage other Christians to vote for him, and they would use their platforms to do it. Because that's what they did in 2016. They were not bothered by the sexual assault allegations right. or extorting uh, Zelensky in Ukraine. Th- and the fact that he got impeached twice didn't matter. The kidnapping of refugee children didn't matter. The right, uh, shithole countries didn't matter. The lies, the overturning democracy attempt. Mm-hmm. Like these people were totally fine letting all of that right. slide in exchange for a few Supreme Court seats, which they got, and a whole bunch of other judicial appointments. Just a reminder here in 2016, Roughly 80% of white evangelicals voted for Donald Trump. In 2020, that number did not budge. Yep. Even though it's a little harder to get a solid count on where people are voting, but the numbers didn't budge. Mm -hmm. These are people who went to the Oval Office to lay their hands on him. Remember the photo op in front of a church near the end of the term Uh with him holding up a Bible? They celebrated that photo op. Jeffress... The guy quoted in the semaphore article said Trump was, quote, the most pro-faith president in American history. That was on the eve of the 2020 election. Right. So they had four years to do the right thing. They never did. They failed at every turn. And to pretend that they're mild statements Mm -hmm. of condemnation against Trump... Uh, don't mistake that for actual rejection of Trump or Trumpism. They care about power, not principle. None of them, by the way, none of of them said, if Donald Trump is the Republican nominee in 2024, I will encourage Christians everywhere to vote for the Democratic candidate to make sure he doesn't get into office. Mm. They didn't say that. They would never say that because they don't have principles. These are power-hungry people who will do anything. I know they don't like him. He doesn't make them look great but they want power and judges and he gives it to them. So is your so. complaint about... I'm not a fan of, of the white journalism? evangelical Christians no, 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 I understand and that the semaphore them. article, which again, the headline is top yes. evangelicals are backing away from Donald Trump. Okay, but no, I don't they think are that's not. inaccurate. That is totally inaccurate no, because... I don't think it is. I think uh-huh. because I think in 2015, you would say the same thing just because it's, inevitable that they will go back to him if he wins Mm -hmm. doesn't mean they are not actively trying to if it said top evangelicals are briefly temporarily backing away but but they will go back you can't write a headline that predicts the future sure 
Top That's evangelicals claim they're backing away from Donald Trump. But More accurate. I don't know. I feel like this is, A, politics as usual. Like, this is how people do. Like, n- never Hillary, never Joe Biden, never Trump. But you know, when it fucking comes down the, uh, down the line, you're mm-hmm. going to vote for your party because that is your best interest in your opinion, right? But the in- in I advice, just, I mean, the, the reason they're saying they're backing away Again, the people they're quoting in the article no, no, is, well, who These people are intellectually can, dishonest. But look at what they're quoting. Like, who can win in 2024? Yeah, you're asking the question because if the answer was very clearly Trump, mm-hmm. they would say, well, then I'm on his side. Well, so, okay, there, I feel like the, our miscommunication is I think you're assigning I feel like this a headline, moral... This headline makes it sound like evangelicals are finally doing the right thing. I don't think it does. I think it is accurately saying that there are leaders who are actively backing away from Trump. I don't think that's inaccurate. I think their reasons for doing it are intellectually dishonest. Like mm-hmm. you said, it only has to do with retaining power and winning. They don't give a shit who... It, it could be a potato sack up there with right. a red MAGA hat on and they would vote for it. But... If these people are actively saying out loud with their fucking mouths, we are backing away from Trump. I don't know what else we can. I mean, we I mean, the other the flip side of that would be them saying, oh, no, we still love the guy. He's great, which none of them said even when he was in office. Right, but we all nobody know. Likes him. But they we all know they had that alliance yeah. with him that lasted for four years. Of and course, then some. but I think when we're looking at the primaries, I think this headline is an accurate thing. They're not going to keep throwing would their weight behind say, Trump. Would you say white evangelicals backed away from Donald Trump during the primaries in 2016 because they all said like, well, no, Ted Cruz is my guy. Marco Rubio's my guy and all but that this stuff. Is exactly what I'm saying. But is- th- th- I would say, well, no, they never backed away from Trump. They just said, I'll just go wherever the winner wants me to go. Yeah. And but that's not backing away from any of because them because these people are spineless sycophants. Right, but that's my point. They're not backing away from him. They're just like well, I'm not sure he's winning yet, so I don't want to say anything. That's it. That's There's not backing no away. They're going to go wherever the um, wind blows. But the same article quoted Robert Jeffress right now today, like saying, "Well, it's a matter of personal priorities." And right now, getting in the middle of a Republican civil war is not one of my priorities. Notice what he said there. Right now, I don't want to take sides on this, which is Robert Jeffress's way of saying, listen, if Trump wins, I'm right there with him. Of course. That, but they're citing him as an example of a guy backing away from Trump. No, he's been like this for years. Yeah. I said think all we the same just stuff. disagree on the no, semantics. Boo. Uh, so one boo thing. Me? In, yes, How dare boo you? are my home. <laughs> drinking my wine. <laughs> it's not bad. I can't be booed. The wine is not bad. Uh, the, it's actually Mikey's Pinot Noir. I don't like Pinot Noir, nice. so I'm feeding it to you. The <laughs> article's writer. The semaphore does this thing where they're like, here's the facts of the article, uh-huh. which I disagree with in this case. But then they say, here's the article writer. Here's the reporter's opinion. That's their thing. Like, we'll separate facts from opinion. Okay. And in the part that's the that's author's fair. opinion, she writes... It's far too early to write Trump off with any political constituency, and Christian leaders have scrambled to shift their positions before. Yeah, yeah. that is totally accurate. Yeah. And that should have been the story. Yeah. The fact that you put that at the very end, like, listen, everything I just told you is bullshit because these people are going to come running back to him. I know. You know that. I know that. Of Why course. does your headline suggest that evangelicals are it's running away from it? It's not suggesting it. You're projecting so hard onto this headline. Backing the away. headline only says they are currently actively backing away. They which are not. From what, 
What did he say? We don't want. What is he? What, read the thing. What he said. Why? Why? <laughs> I pointed at his left. <laughs> Who can win in 2024? No, I just think that there is a much more likely universe where these people would just sit and wait and see which way the wind blows before they say shit about Trump. So they're not backing away from anybody. Exa- they're just weighing their options to see which horrible person's going to be. I, That's not backing away. That's keeping your options open so you don't look more, dumb. Would a more accurate headline be like evangelicals are leaving all options on table? Including all the bad ones, yes. Okay, well, here's the thing is, you're not a journalist, and you would write terrible headlines. I am 100%. No, you don't write headlines that are character-restricted. You write blog headlines. Curse you. You you need... I think that it was an accurate summation of what the article was about. Obviously, it wasn't... It didn't capture the nuances, but have it. I think the headline headline doesn't match up with... Uh, no, I don't think there was. Actually, I will no, let's look. Let's see that subhead. Let's see no, that there subhead. No, there wasn't. There oh, wasn't okay. a subhead. All right. Okay, I'm going to jump to one that I think is right up hey, your alley here. Guys, who's right? Who's wrong? Me or Hemet? It's me. You can email friendly atheist podcast. At no, gmail. we're going to put a com. poll in the Facebook Actually, group. you know what? No, you don't get to answer that question, listeners, until you are a paid <laughs> Patreon supporter. And then we will listen to who's the winner, and the answer is me. Okay, here's the next uh, story. <laughs> uh, I saw this and I instantly thought, like, oh, Jessica Bate. Oh, Excellent. Boy. Here's the story. There is a bar in Richmond, Virginia called Metzger Bar and Butchery, which I don't get the butchery part, but all right. Metzger Bar There's and Butchery. A, there is a bar in it's Chicago that's like half bar and genuinely half and what? deli. Like, here, or... have some no, beer you... and then here's a cow we're going to slaughter in the back. I don't get it. Okay. You, Whatever. you don't understand meat as a general I bowl. do not. So there's this restaurant in Virginia. Apparently it's fancy. A lot of people host events there. Fine. Um, last week, apparently, members of a Christian nonprofit group called the Family Foundation, because oh all of their groups are That's like that. what cults sound like. <laughs> they're the basically, family. I looked at their website, their about page basically says Wait, they're- Wait, wasn't that the Manson family? Uh, Didn't they call themselves the family? Um, there's also a K Street like lobbying group in D.C. called the family. Jeff Charlotte wrote about them. Yeah, no but this group ideas, says we're huh? like a right-wing, faith-based lobbying group, but they're not registered as a lobbying group. We're they're the basically a conservative Christian group that says like- we oppose LGBTQ rights, so we push our members of Congress to take action to block rights. Okay, you know the type of groups these are. They're all the same. Mm-hmm. They're just like, we take these conservative positions, seen and seen we want to pass... Yeah. So they plan to host a reception for 15 to 20 people, like their donors, at the restaurant. But hours before the event was set to begin, they got a phone call from the restaurant saying, hey, uh, we don't, we don't want to serve you. We're canceling the reservation. And they explained this, the bar did, on Instagram. I'm going to read you what they post on Instagram by way of explanation of what they did. Because, yeah, they said no. They knew that was going to be a big deal. So they posted their explanation. They said, Metzger Bar and Butchery has always prided itself on being a very inclusive environment for people to dine in. In eight years of service, we very rarely refuse service to anyone who wished to dine with us. Recently, we refused service to a group that had booked an event with us After the owners of Metzger found out it was a group of donors to a political organization that seeks to deprive women and LGBTQ plus persons of their basic human rights in Virginia. We have always refused service to anyone for making our staff uncomfortable Mm -hmm. or unsafe, and this was the driving force behind our decision. Many of our staff are women and or members of the LGBTQ plus community. 
all of our staff are people with rights mm. who deserve dignity and a safe work environment. We respect our staff's established rights as humans and strive to create a work environment where they can do their jobs with dignity, comfort, and safety. Yay. So here's what they're basically saying. We are not getting rid of them because they are Christians. We are getting rid of them because they actively fight to hurt our staff. Mm-hmm. You can put a smile on your face, but if you are working in order to break up their marriage... Yeah. Or block their marriage or make sure they can't adopt a kid or Mm -hmm. don't have the right to control their bodies. Mm -hmm. You are putting our staff in danger. And And we are not going to serve you while you do it. We do not have some legal right to serve you while you do that. Right. Yeah, Yeah, you're right. A legal obligation to do it. Now, what do the Christian groups say about all this? Their president. Classic uh liberal left. (laughs) The president's name is Victoria Cobb. And she wrote on her website, uh, her group's website, We've been canceled because, of course, they did. Oh, my God, the glee that comes through that, you know? (laughs) Finally, it happened to me! I know. We've actually said, we've been canceled, exclamation point. Again, exclamation point. Again? I don't know. Welcome to the 21st century, where people who likely consider themselves, quote, progressives, attempt to recreate an environment from the 1950s and early 1960s when people were denied food service due to their race. Yeah, it's just like that. You guys are so good at understanding history. I think that's what I like the most about conservatives is their their understanding of, of U.S. history. Yeah, yeah, especially and like racial, the cultural history. moment of what's going on, <laughs> the context, the symbolic nature of the sit-ins. She. Get all of that. (laughs) She added, welcome to the double standard of the left, where some believe Jack Phillips must be forced to create a wedding cake as part of the celebration of a same-sex ceremony, but any business should be able to deny basic goods and services to those who hold biblical values around marriage. Mm -hmm. So, So let's talk about these analogies for a second. Again, they were not canceled because they were Christian. It's because they're a hate group that quotes Bible verses. There is a difference. Mm -hmm. Um, They're literally threatening the health and safety Mm -hmm. of the staff. Mm -hmm. They're not legally obligated to serve them. Color of your skin cannot be changed. Your sexual orientation cannot be changed. They're choosing to be bigots. Also, (laughs) plenty of Christians. If they're going to call out that Denver thing, they can't have it both ways. Oh, so the Jack Phillips reference doesn't work either because. Even if you set aside the specifics of the case, the argument is that both situations are the same and that the restaurant's they hypocrites. Truly are. But they're not the same. Phillips, in his case, this is the baker who said, I'm not baking cakes for gay couples, even though he would sell the exact same cakes to straight couples. Right. The restaurant is not choosing, they're not refusing to serve all Christians. They're saying, I'm looking at your actions and I don't have to go along with it. They are not discriminating on the basis of religion Mm -hmm. because they're not saying Christians are not allowed in here. Mm -hmm. It's not religious discrimination, Fox News commenters. Mm -hmm. Um, But since she's the one making the analogy, even though it's wrong, I am curious if she thinks, you know, she thinks bakers and florists and website designers should be allowed to freely discriminate against others. Website designers? uh, That's the one in the Supreme Court this week. Um. Wedding website designer. Uh, If she thinks they should be allowed to discriminate against an entire category of people because these people are Christian, why is she so upset to be on the receiving end of what she thinks, wrongly I would say, is similar behavior? She should be celebrating their freedom of conscience. I have really bad news for you. (sighs) 
Are they hypocrites? It's not that they're hypocrites, but she, it's not that she thinks they did something bad. She's fucking thrilled to pieces <laughs> that this happened to her. It's like the people she who are like, I got banned on Twitter. You guys, I got banned on Twitter. I'm so uh, excited. No, truly, Give this to my is, GoFundMe. This is like manna from heaven for these people of like, holy shit. Somebody told us we couldn't do something. Now is our time to shine. Because we're the ones who are usually telling y'all what you can or cannot do. She's now running for the president of the Leopards Eating People's Faces Party, <laughs> right? Um, I was curious. She said again in the headline, right? Yeah, like, when did this means? happen? She said that a website design company declined to design her foundation's website mm. for political reasons. Um, and like someone canceled their contract for something else. Sure. But again, I've there's no r- obligation, even in the public square, to say you have to design it for people for reasons that are not like immutable, sexual uh, orientation, right. et cetera. So, okay. If you had to sit down and talk to this woman yeah. who clearly, oof, I don't know, I was going to say clearly does not actually have a comprehensive understanding of what the fuck is going on around her. I don't know that to be true. She could be smart and deceitful, Mm -hmm. which people often are. If you had to sit down with this woman and explain to her in like a paragraph or less, the difference between uh, like genuinely make her understand the difference between uh, uh, kicking somebody out because they're gay and kicking somebody out because they're a bigot. Mm-hmm. Do you think you could? I think it's the action. I think it's the action that matters. We're not getting rid of you because of who you are, what you believe. It's not even. It's not just about that. We but see their what action you do. Is getting married. I'm um, sorry. No, the the no, action. No, that's of what this. I'm saying. Is like, like I'm just. I'm genuinely wondering if there is a way to phrase this that is intellectually honest and clear enough to for idiots right. to understand. I'm saying I think the argument to make from the restaurant's perspective is we don't have to serve you because we see your actions and they hurt us personally. Like, literally, you're Im- impairing our health. So it's like a lawsuit. It's, they have to prove harm? <laughs> like, if you filed... If this group filed a lawsuit citing religious discrimination, mm-hmm. it would get nowhere. Because... Because it's not religious discrimination they that they say, suffered. Okay. Uh, and there's nothing, the restaurant says, no, we're fine serving Christians, as opposed to the Christian bakers and everyone else right. who's like, no, if you're getting gay married, if you're getting in, I'm not making a wedding cake for yeah. gay people or whatever, like that is a difference. Um, the, yeah. You're saying, listen, it's not, if there was a Muslim group, if there was an atheist group that also worked to cause harm to other people, they have every right to say, right. we're not serving you either. Mm-hmm. Um, they're not saying anything else. So, yeah, I just, I, it's just something I think about a lot of like, yeah, just like as a writer and a communicator and things like that, I'd like to think about is there a way, if they are not being absolutely intellectually dishonest, which is probably the thing that is happening, mm-hmm. is there a way to be clear enough in like what we say to people that you could actually, like, I'm genuinely, I don't know if, if I could be a through. good enough writer to serve to cure bigotry. I guess that's <laughs> what I'm, I'm asking. Like, I mean, their entire foundation and probably her job <laughs> is based on not understanding right. the difference. For what Ugh. it's worth, this has happened before, and again, it wasn't religious discrimination, but remember, there was a big kerfuffle when uh, Sarah Huckabee Sanders was the White House press secretary, she went to governor? a... Yeah, she uh, is. Y- and y- went y- to y- a restaurant in Virginia in 2018, and the owner said, yeah. Sarah Huckabee Sanders is a person whose actions in the service of our country we felt violated basic standards of humanity. They kicked her out. She whined about it. Tell Fox News... Doing. 
you are uh, trying to dance, but you're white, and also you have middle fingers up. First of all. Uh And then in 2018, there was a New York bar that ejected a customer for wearing a mega hat. I'm a trained ballerina. Uh Uh-huh. Don't say, uh, (laughs) I am. Um, By the way, here's where I think the restaurant might have it wrong, though. Because if they're Hmm. saying, we don't want to serve this group because we see what you're doing with your time, Uh even if you're inspired by your beliefs, what is stopping them from saying, like, oh, this is a Southern Baptist Bible study group that happens to be meeting in our bar, let's say. That's a little slippery slope for me. A Catholic group. Like, these are institutions that have the same beliefs about gay people, about abortion rights. Tell me, this is, they're in a group, and what's the group called? The Christians. The Christians, They're yeah. part of a group called the Family Foundation. Oh, that's right. So okay. again, I mean, what's stopping them from saying, there's no indication they've ever done this to any other conservative Christian group. Well, I would, okay, to answer your question, what's to stop them from doing X, Y, Z, which A is a slippery slope fallacy, and I'm ashamed of you. I think it is because... If you knew because, it was a Catholic listen group. Listen to me talk. Yeah, yeah. Because if they did that, it would be terrible for their business. Like, you, I think the point of laws, like, of the discriminating laws is, like, you as a business owner are going to have to balance... Being able to eject people for whatever reason and whenever you want and having to continue to pay your employees and your, you know, so, being no, able but to then answer earn your question, answer that question then, like, they, because I feel they're in the legal right to kick out this Christian group. Yes. What's stopping them from an openly uh, Catholic group, Capitalism. conservative conservative Catholic group that believes all the same stuff and Cap- probably works to those ends and votes that way too? Capitalism. But how do you... What? Because he can't keep... It is... Why is it okay then uns- to kick out this group, but not those other because ones? Because if they're coming in as a group... Yeah. For... And this is... You said a... Uh, the family is like an organization. It's not Non-profit, a... Non-profit, 501c3 nonprofit. So it's not a church. You, it's not just a group of Catholics, right? This is a place that is actively trying to pass... Mm-hmm. Laws that it's not harm the Catholic people. Church holding a meeting in there. Exactly. I. You're my, saying it's okay if it just happens to be Catholics who show it's up. It's not there. even. Yeah, I guess. But my whole point is that as a restaurant owner, he is going to have to use discretion because he wants to pr- obviously protect his staff and all of that. But he has to make sure he has a sustainable business. So if all of a sudden he... Beca- like, I don't know if my question was answered. I'm not done talking yet. Fine. Because... Well, wait, okay. So what's to stop him from doing this? It's a her. Uh, what's, what's to stop... To, okay. Yeah, what's to stop them... Well, because no, no, no. Why? This... They haven't done this to anybody else yeah. for this sort of reason. But I don't get why. Because there are other conservative religious groups right. that have the exact same beliefs, work the exact same way. Now, the Catholic Church does not exist to hurt That's gay the people. Difference. They happen to do it. Of course. Um, this group exists... To hurt gay people. So it feels like you're answering your own maybe, question. Maybe that is maybe the answer. Maybe somebody at this table is being a little <laughs> bit intellectually dishonest with himself. <laughs> maybe but, that is the reason. I just wish they also, would explicitly like, say that. Okay, there's two things that I'm thinking of. It was one, a restaurant owner does not have the time to thoroughly vet every group that comes totally into their restaurant. Yeah. And B, again, I don't think my point was made clearly that she 
cannot become the in Richmond, Virginia, you cannot become the restaurant owner who won't like who gets the reputation of kicking out anybody who's conservative. That is not anything that she's looking to do would be my guess. These people have a mission. They are mission driven. And that mission is passing laws and getting culture to reject gay people and take away rights, uh, reproductive rights. I I don't know why that's different from Southern Baptists. Because they don't exist. You just answered No, I know, it. I know. They, I mean, if a Southern Baptist Bible study group came into their bar... Because it's an insane thing to... You're proposing a wild thing to do. I think the difference between a meeting talking about how to ruin gay people's lives versus... That's called the Catholic Church, too. Hemant, <laughs> you're... Oh, you're making me fucking crazy right now. I don't... I agree I with you. You can't get away with a business if you're kicking out people yeah. you disagree with. And so when you I'm say trying to figure out what the standard in is for them. What's to stop her is her personal fucking discretion. The standard is her discretion. That's what the standard is. That's what the that's what the rule means. We have the right to kick anybody out we want to. The subtext is we're not going to kick everybody out because that's not how you run a business. I wish they said in their apology we're kicking them out because this group only exists to hurt these groups because they say I mean, that right on their website, yeah, as opposed we, to conservative religious today groups. Today is driving I want me up a, a fucking wall. I should say the restaurant did post another thing on like Instagram and Facebook where they said if you buy a particular cocktail on a certain day, like earlier this week, we're giving any proceeds we make from sales of that drink to Equality Virginia as a way to deal with the backlash they were getting. So that's a nice little touch there. Um, I don't know if this goes anywhere. I don't think the Christian group is suing over it. They wouldn't get anywhere if they tried. They couldn't be. I just, and this was a really confusing story to me. (laughs) I just don't understand what side they were taking. Okay. Let me bring up this story. Okay. This is interesting. Survivor time yet? No. Okay. On Tuesday of this week, uh, an atheist named Joseph Richardson, he's a part of the Central Florida Free Thought community. He okay. helps run the group. He was uh, he asked for the opportunity to give an invocation, and he was given it. So he was delivering an invocation at a meeting of the Lake County Board of County Commissioners in Florida. Okay. Um, he's done a lot of invocations in the past in the community. Um, and if you listen to his speech, I'm going to play you uh, part of this later on. Um, his speech was not offensive. As for, I mean, even if you take away my bias here, it wasn't an offensive speech. It was a pretty, hey, let's all get along. Let's do what's right for our community sort of speech. Mm-hmm. Fine. Not offensive. Right after he was done, the city, the county basically said, all right, now let's have our, like, real invocation. And they got a Christian oh, who works. Oh, this has happened before. Oh, it's happened a couple times. But they got yeah. a Christian who works in the public works department to basically give a second invocation. This one, like, pledging allegiance to Jesus, suggesting that, like, the first one. Wait, is one, this new? Yeah, this happened this week. Because, basically, you only do that to say, like, listen, the atheist talked. That one doesn't count. <laughs> so let's make sure we get a Christian to really do it. I'm going to play you uh, what you're going to hear uh, is one of the county commissioner leaders, followed by Joseph Richardson giving his invocation, uh-huh. and then the other Christian giving the quote-unquote real invocation. Oh Here, my God. it's two minutes, but check this out. Okay. So we'll go ahead and get started, uh, as is tradition, with our invocation and our pledge. Um, our invocation today, we have two leaders that will be leading us in uh, our invocation 
um, this morning. One, uh, our first leader will be given, our first leader for the invocation will be given by Joseph Richardson from the Central Florida Free Thought Community. Okay. And then we also our have uh, our own Fred Schneider who will be uh, providing an invocation. Fred as Schneider well. from the B-52s? Yes. Thank you, Chairman Parks and commissioners and staff for this opportunity to offer an invocation on behalf of the Central Florida Free Thought Community and the non-religious citizens of Lake County. Thank you to each of you and to county staff for the important work that you do. As we begin this morning, let us take this moment to silence our thoughts and focus on the tasks at hand. Lake County is a strong and diverse group held together by shared love of community. Today, let us embody the words of Central Floridian author and freethinker Zora Neale Hurston, who said, there is nothing to make you like other human beings so much as doing things for them. Aww. This morning, may we recognize and abandon the familiar attitudes and two common practices that do not serve the whole. May we appreciate each and every voice that enters the chamber with hearts and minds open. Yeah, I can see why the Christians hate this. May we dream and design a bold future for Lake County where all voices are heard and everyone is uplifted at their time of need. Everyone he May says? we work together with honesty and integrity, guided mm. by rational thought mm. and critical thinking mm. with a shared sense of responsibility. All right, here's the next well, guy. Good morning. I, I was just that. asked a few minutes ago if I would just a few minutes lead ago. in the prayer, so I'm happy to do so. So if you would like to join me, feel free to do so. Um, oh. Thank you, Father God in heaven, for your blessings over this county. I'm going to stop it there. Okay. The thing you just highlighted, the thing the Schneider guy said, the Christian pastor said at the beginning of that was... They just asked I me to do just, a prayer. I was just asked a few minutes ago if I would lead in the prayer, suggesting this was not planned in advance. They saw that Joseph was speaking. Uh -huh. Then clearly someone said, hey, hey, I, need, hey. I need you to talk and to somebody Jesus. somebody with those white here. collars. Yeah. Um, wait, wait, wait. Before you, before you continue, how long would they have known that the invocation was going to happen? I mean, it was on the agenda. So it would have been, I mean, if that would have been public for a uh -huh. little, a few days, I would imagine. But the city would have known, county would have known for a okay. little while. But like the fact that you got a corrective measure here, so like what the hell? So I okay. talked to Richardson about wait, is this. There, can we hear the invocation or is it not interesting? It's not interesting. Oh, it doesn't it like. It references Jesus. It doesn't like, like undercut. No, it just acts like a separate invocation to Jesus. Like, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Like, that's the I end of his I was just worried he was going to be like a passive-aggressive no, rebuke. No, I have no problem with the pastor himself. He did his thing. My problem is they had him there only because Joseph spoke. Mm. And because they're like, oh, we can't allow this to stand on its own. By the way, so in 2019, when Joseph Richardson gave an invocation in a different city, the mayor seemed to apologize to the city afterwards for allowing that to happen. The in, 20, in 2017, when Joseph Richardson gave an invocation in the uh, city of Eustis, I believe, his comments were followed by a second religious invocation from one of the commissioners. And in 2015, even before that, when he gave an invocation, um, the mayor waited until the end of the meeting, after Joseph Richardson had left the building, to ask a Christian pastor to give a second invocation. And he even said out loud during the meeting, since we were kind of uncovered at the start of the meeting. Can you <gasps> cover us with a benediction as we leave tonight? 
A benediction? Yeah. So, like, Calm down. Joseph Richardson has seen this happen again and again. And as you heard from his invocation, that was lovely. Yeah, it was It beautiful. was really nice. So the Freedom From Religion Foundation has sent a letter to in Lake County this week. Now, is there a legal place for this, or is this just... So, no. Okay. The legal issue is you can't... If you have invocations, you can't say atheists can't give it. And Which, the truth is, he that, was allowed to give it. There's no Supreme Court case involving a corrective right. Christian prayer after, like, an atheist invocation. The Supreme Court is never going to rule on <laughs> if somebody can be a dick or not. Right. So the They F- simply won't. FFRF said, we write to ask that the board ensure that all future invocation givers are treated with respect. Thank dot, you. Dot, dot. If the board cannot treat invocation speakers equally... The practice of having an invocation needs to be eliminated entirely. Yes, so it. Will they do it? No, of course they won't. No, they're but not gonna. It's important to know, like, we noticed it. We saw what you sure. did. Sure. We have it up here. Like, what are you doing? Oh boy. And like it's so naked on its face of yeah, like so how... obvious what you're doing. Like, I saw and... news articles today, by the way, this morning, where they like local news spoke to the county commissioners and they're like, so what's up with what you did? And they're like, you found, I mean, people found that disrespectful. I'm paraphrasing. People found that disrespectful. We did not mean for that to be disrespectful. All we wanted to do is undercut this man and his entire worldview is unworthy of being presented in front of our city. Yeah. And you think that was bad? (laughs) (laughs) Their their sound bites were wild and totally uh, trying to pretend nothing happened. Um, we're going to talk about Kirk Cameron in a couple minutes, but I want to give a shout out to one of our sponsors first. L had a small problem growing up in a secular household, but in a community dominated by one religion. L was one of the few kids in her third grade class who wasn't religious. When she talked to friends and classmates, she found that many of them had a hard time imagining someone who did not go to church or pray. Some others wondered how Elle could know right from wrong without religious leaders or sacred books to tell her. The conversations Elle found herself having were not judgmental or contentious, but the result of honest curiosity. After school, Elle would ask her dad to help her explain what she believed and how she felt in a way that would make sense to the other kids at school. From those talks came ideas that eventually became Elle the Humanist, a warm, clearly expressed introduction to humanism for young readers. The book even has a foreword from Daniel Dennett. You can order the book at lthehumanist.com. That's E-L-L-E, thehumanist.com. And if you use the link in the show notes or enter the discount code FRIENDLYATHEIST, one word, all lowercase, you'll get 10% off anything on the site. Thank you to them for uh, sponsoring this podcast. And with that, let's talk about Kirk Cameron, because this week... What's he been up to? I know. What has he been up to? I will tell you what he's been up to. This week, uh, Fox... I I hate even using the term Fox News. Fox Propaganda Outlet posted this article. Um, I'm going to... Here's what the headline is. Kirk Cameron is denied story hour slot by public libraries for his new faith-based kids book. Oh, I saw this headline, actually. Yeah, I did, too, in a lot of right-wing news outlets. Mm. Again, big quote hands around That's the best part about this podcast, Mm. is I see uh, headlines like that, and I'm like, I am under no obligation to click it, because if it's (laughs) important or interesting, Hemant will tell me about it. (laughs) But here's what they did. Kirk Cameron wrote some book that is uh, mostly a... 
you got to read the Bible, otherwise you won't have any morals. Here's some Bible quotations. Which begs the question, why don't you just republish the Bible? Yeah, that too. Um, it's <laughs> We'd published like a post-it. Hey, kids, a, read this. <laughs> it's published by a company called Brave Books, because of course it is. Um, grave, anyway, like... Brave. Oh, Brave. Uh, yes. Oh, brother. Uh, so Cameron and his publishers apparently called a whole bunch of libraries and said, listen, you do drag queen story hours, so we want Kirk Cameron to do a reading for the Bible at your library. Will you, like, sponsor these events like as well? Like, local to him? Um, all over the place. I guess he's going to do a little touring oh, like a tour. thing. Yeah. Okay. So they're like, will you sponsor these events? And of all 50 libraries, that they, plus libraries, that they supposedly contacted, they all basically said no. And here's okay. what the article said. Uh, the Rochambeau Public Library in Providence, Rhode Island, for instance, told Cameron and his book publisher by phone, no, oh, we will pass on having you run a program in our space. Uh, we are a very queer-friendly library. Aha. Our messaging does not align. I'm going to skip ahead. Another library said, I don't think that's something we would do. And so the publisher and Kirk Cameron got a whole bunch of these rejections. Mm -hmm. And then they went to the conservative media outlets Again, and said, these best people thing that could have happened. Yeah, of course they wanted the answer. No. And they're like, we got canceled by all these libraries. And so here's how the Fox article goes. Mm -hmm. Every single part of the article goes like this. Um, <laughs> it's like, Kirk Cameron, a library said they wouldn't promote Kirk Cameron's event, but the same library also helps LGBTQ kids. Can you believe it? They did this four separate times where they're like, they said no to Cameron. Here's what the library said. Mm -hmm. And yet this place hosts a like LGBTQ teen night. So where they, like, I provide do, a safe space for I kids. I do want to say, I do not know how public libraries work, and uh -huh. is there a problem with rejecting certain points Good of view? Good question. Yes, there is, and okay. here's why. Uh, part part of this goes back to the restaurant thing, because like, here's be what this goes w down when to. When I ask that, it's mm -hmm. because... I'm assuming those laws were set up because people are like, mm, Muslims can't come in here, but then Christians would have hijacked those kinds of things <laughs> to be like, oh, you're saying this. That's what I'm assuming. That's just what I'm here's what Here's the deal with the libraries. A lot of the libraries, assuming the bigger ones work in similar ways, uh -huh. like here's what happens at my local library. They have their events that they run because they align with the library's mission, mm -hmm. like a reading for kids, fine. A drag queen reading to kids, it's no different. Why would it be any different? But they have those events because, yeah, reading to kids is fine. And they say these books that you're reading are good books mm -hmm. that we support. These kids, you're reading to kids. We like that. There's no problem. And we will put our name behind it. Sure. We will post it on our website. That's fine. Here's where the legal Wait, part comes clear. in. The yeah. drag queens are not reading their own original works. They're not on a promo tour. Uh, Generally, no. they're just going in and reading children's books. books. That so, if you read it, would not be an issue. So there is, on its face, a difference between I'm coming in to promote something that I'm trying to sell. That too. Versus yeah. just drag queens trying to do public service. Right. Now, here's the other thing, and this is where the discrimination part that Kirk Cameron's claiming, like, how dare they... Dis he didn't say this, but he implied it. Like, they're discriminating against me. Yeah. No, they're not, because a lot of big libraries, like in my library, they have large meeting spaces that you can rent out for a fee. Anybody can rent it out, assuming you follow the library's guidelines. Mm -hmm. He could have done that. They have smaller conference rooms at my local library for a smaller fee, uh, it doesn't fit as many people, but you could rent those out. Uh, Fine. There are also smaller study rooms, like a lot of high school kids. Yeah, just individual. Uh, just say, I have a library card. Can I get it for free? And they're like, 
Yes. <clears throat> That's open to everybody. Okay. If Kirk Cameron wanted to go to these libraries and say, we want to host a reading, um, we want to rent, rent this, this space. Okay. Yes, the library, and assuming they followed all the rules, library would have said, yeah, that's fine. We have nothing to do with this. Mm-hmm. You're renting out. It, it's like public high schools that say a church wants to rent out our building Your on a Sunday morning. Yeah. Well, we offer that space as rental, and assuming they're paying the same rental price as everybody else, churches can rent that space. It's fine. For a lot of churches, that's cheap meeting space that actually has a lot of seats and, like, it's good for them if they can't afford a building. Right. There's nothing wrong with that on either side as long as everyone's playing by the rules. Exactly. Kurt Cameron's saying, well, these libraries are not basically sponsoring my talks, mm-hmm. putting their names behind it, putting it out on, like, through their listservs. And he feels they're obligated to because and he asked. Yes. Okay. And that's what the article suggested, that he thinks they should have done this. And the library's like, well, we don't have to say yes. Think about this, too. Libraries have a finite amount of space, of a course. finite amount of time, and a finite amount of staffers yep. who can work these events. Mm-hmm. So if they do not have to say yes to everyone who comes in and says, well, I just wrote a book and I'd like to host an event. Yeah. If the library says, well, even if your book is fine, there's no reason to think anyone's going to show up. And the amount of staff time and stuff we have to do to make it work oh, people probably won't work. Cameron don't so they can say no that. to anybody they want yeah. when it comes to the things you can't force the library to do the things you want them to do by the way all these libraries as far as i could tell they would stock his book if it came out assuming it met their guidelines sure they have plenty of christian books on the shelves because they're not discriminating against this but the uh, the headlines i've seen and the things he's saying on christian media is that all these libraries are like discriminating against Christians. They're censoring the Christian message. famously libraries are always censoring Christians. This is what the publisher of Brave Books said. can't go a day without a librarian (laughs) invading a church being like, no! Right. Trent Talbot, the founder of Brave Books, said in a statement to Fox News Digital, it is devastating to discover that many of our publicly funded libraries have now become indoctrination centers that refuse to allow biblical wisdom to be taught to our children. Like, oh my God, they are not obligated to do whatever you tell them to do. The glee that reads through every press release like this <laughs> is just so disgusting to me. I'm going to tell you one more thing that's going to piss you off in a second too. It, it's not just the glee. It's that they asked these 50 libraries, if any of them said yes, their plan would have been ruined. You know they wrote this up in the marketing plan. Like how can we get people to pay attention to a very boring, I assume, kids book written by a washed up actor? Yeah. And the answer is, well, why don't we just call some people and Wait, say, hey, will fiction? you do... Um, it's Kirk Cameron. Everything he does is fiction. Actually, that was a pretty uh, good and funny point. Thank you. And they like must have said, "We'll just pretend we're discriminated against, and that's our marketing strategy." I mean, for this that's book. what they've been doing for twenty years mm-hmm. now. By the way, one library said that said no to them in uh, Indianapolis said, "Generally, when we have author visits, those are coordinated through our departments. We really have a push. We have a strategic plan in place. So we're really looking at authors who are diverse, authors of colors. That's really been our focus." When Brave Books pointed out that Cameron's book contributes in its own way to a diverse collection of ideas, <laughs> beliefs, and stories, the library representative replied. Well, we're focusing on uh, racial equity. Like, their argument is, oh, you like diversity? Well, we have Christianity here. Oh, you want racial diversity? Kirk Cameron is white. That have is... you ever met a white Christian man? <laughs> I swear to God, they're so rare <laughs> right? and so quiet. 
quiet. That's <laughs> even if one was living in your house, you wouldn't know. They're yeah. just like little mice. That's Kurt Cameron's argument. I think I tweeted. Book. I tweeted jokingly like last night. Like, who wants to see an article about Kurt Cameron? You know who responded? Kurt Cameron. Brave books on Twitter. They're like, we want to see this article on Kurt Cameron. And I'm like, well, here you go. Have oh fun. I don't think they liked it. His new book is called. I genuinely uh, it doesn't don't matter. Know. It doesn't. Oh my god! You know matter. what's really annoying about Kurt you, Cameron. Well, you personally. Oh, everything. Is when I'm Googling things. Yes. The only good sources are your stupid <laughs> blog. I fucking hate it. That it's is re- fantastic. It, I'm not lying. Like, there are times that I'm, like, trying to find Didn't a picture. Didn't you just it, make fun of me earlier for being a blogger, and now I am your only source of information? Listen, the downfall of journalism is not a coup for you, okay? <laughs> You're... The bar has lowered considerably. Congratulations <laughs> on be- being able to crawl over it. Here's a story that I don't think anyone paid attention also, to you as much say as the I name want to. Book. I don't care about the name of his book. His book is Kirk Cameron and like the banana crocodile duck shit. Did I tell you that I showed my Seventh Day Adventist friends the banana video for the first time? And their reaction was they lost their minds. They could not stop. Welcome they were to my crying, life. laughing. Yes. These teenage girls who I'm friends with. We just I'm glad. once in a while, like all the time, we're just talking about bullshit. And I was like, well, you've you've heard of the banana, right? Oh, no. and they're like, what? I'm like, the atheist's Haven't nightmare. Haven't you been on the Internet in the last Truly 20 years? Watching these sweet teenage <laughs> girls being exposed to the Ray Comfort banana video was just like, look around how lucky we oh are to be alive right now. Like I got to witness it. It was <laughs> glorious. All right, check out this story. Yeah. Um, I didn't see this getting as much coverage as I was hoping it would get because it's disturbing. And Because you're the uh, only journalist on the internet, apparently? Clearly. Okay, so check this out. A guy named Matt Chandler, we've talked about him before. Mm-hmm. He's a pastor of a place called Village Church in Texas. Oh, is this he's a big megachurch. Yeah, he got reinstated. Okay. okay. Uh, he's one of the more well-known megachurch leaders in the country. Matt Chandler? Matt Chandler. Okay. Basically, three months ago, he said, I'm going to step away from the pulpit for... You know, an indefinite amount of time because okay. of things. Things. And then I don't remember last what the Sunday, were. yeah, no one does. Oh. And then this Sunday, he's like, "I'm back," and it's like, "Well, what happened three months ago?" And like, "What happened in the past three months?" I'll tell you what he and didn't do: go answer, to therapy. And his answer was, "Uh huh, I'm back." Hey, did you so, miss me? Yeah, <laughs> he didn't say anything. Here's what happened three months ago. Okay, um, three months ago, he said in his uh, thing. He said in his sermon that I think some lady messaged him and she's like, you've been talking to my friend on Instagram and it's inappropriate. She had concerns about the DMs he was sending her friend. He told, apparently this came out to his church, whatever. He told the congregation, these DMs were not romantic or sexual, but they were, and I'm quoting here, unguarded and unwise to the point that they were, quote, revealing some unhealth in me. Now, what what does that mean? What exactly was he DMing this other woman three months ago? Oh, boy, that's not long enough for me to fully blank. (laughs) Okay, wait, is it something about, like, the girl was... No, we don't know the answer. Oh, we don't know the answer. We still don't know. Like, what did you do? He says it wasn't wasn't sexual, sexual, you guys. But it was personal. So then what were you doing? Yes, I remember this now because I'm sure I did a rant about how, like, in this Christian chunk at least they don't they clear this is my understanding 
if you are firing a pastor or whatever for being friends with a woman online, it means that you do not value women as equal humans who are worthy of being friends with without an ulterior motive. Right. That is where maybe I'm going to sit with thing. this. So anyway, he said three months ago, like, I did this thing. It's bad. It's like, all right, I don't know what you did, but apparently everyone in your little bubble seems to think it's bad. Uh-huh. So he said, I'm going to leave indefinitely. And now three months it later, he's back. is longer than three months, I think. Yes. So the thing is like, okay, if you're back, yeah. clearly you got clearance by the people who run your church. To, they think you're... So you don't re- think it was his decision to take a step back? They said the elders of the church would like reinstate him when it was time. And they were putting him through like the, not therapy, but like the Christian rehab right. of whatever it was. So it's like, okay, well, who was the woman in question? What was your rehab like? What changes have you made in your life? Right. Did not answer any of that. Okay, here's my question. Does he owe that to them? Yes, because I think if you're going to make this public display of like, I've done something wrong, I want to be honest with you, I'm going to step aside, and these adults at my church are going to decide if I am ready to come back. And now he says, I'm back. I don't know if you did something I should be worried about. Am I safe in your church? Uh, are my kids safe in your church? Are the women in your church safe? Well, no, because they're in mean, church. Well, that too. So it's like, I don't know what you did, and I don't know what sure. the rehab is, so I have no idea who to trust in this place. But if you're a congregant of this church, you're necessarily putting your faith into the elders being wizened and all-knowing, I'll, I'll right? I'll tell you another reason. So if the I elders say it's owes, cool... Well, here's why you shouldn't trust them. Here's well, the I other don't trust them. I'm I speaking know. on behalf of the churchgoers. Thank you. Um, here's another reason this guy, I think, does owe people an explanation. And this is kind of, we talked about this months ago, but in 2012, this is a horrible story. Oh, boy. Um, an 11-year-old girl was allegedly abused at this church's summer camp. Uh. Now, the thing is, when she got older, I think... Her, she told her parents. She mm. must have either remembered it or she, whatever. She told her Can't parents trust. about it. They told the church leaders about it. And? Um, and Matt Chandler, the pastor at the time, said there was an allegation of abuse by a church member. Mm. But I want you all to know that the culprit, whoever it was, he didn't name the name. The culprit. Yeah, did not have access to children at our church. And, and Chandler said this? Chandler said this. And that was only technically true because he no longer worked there. Like, you're not telling the full story, buddy. Uh, wait, so he was the accused party? No, no, no. Matt Chandler was not accused. He but was like, not accused. But, like, there was a staffer at the church who was accused. And then the guy left because of these oh, allegations. Oh, 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 okay, gotcha. And Matt Chandler's like, well, don't worry. He doesn't have access to children. So, like... Anymore. <laughs> anymore. He didn't say anymore. I guess our vetting process was... I guess our vetting process is just hire people and cross our fingers. Yeah. And then later, he emailed the congregation to say that, hey, one of our pastors is uh, leaving the church due to an alcohol abuse problem it happened to be the guy that was accused of the abuse he did not make that connection in the email he just said hey one of our guys is leaving just so you know everyone say bye to him he's going now so that's one issue by the way in 2015 him chandler and his colleagues they punished a woman Uh who annulled her marriage punished punished um, I'll tell you, like, okay. they said you're in big trouble with our church. Why? Because she annulled her marriage because she found out her husband was a pedophile. Jeez. So she wanted to end their marriage, but she didn't run it by church elders first so they could attempt a reconciliation. 
Oh, and they punished hey guys? her because she didn't give them a chance to bring the couple together. There's literally a divorce thing called irreconcilable differences. Mm-hmm. Like, it's okay. Um, Here's another wait, reason. Hold on. Hold on. Hold the fucking phone. Yes. What denomination is this? Southern Baptist. Southern Baptists. I believe Southern Baptist, but yeah, evangelical. They threatened. What? Like, what did anything become of it, or they just sort of? I mean, they're punishing in the church is like I don't know. Like, what what does punished mean? Is it she couldn't sit in the front queue? Pretty much. Like, it's a church punishment. I don't care about it. But they basically, you're mad at the woman because she didn't run her like separation from a pedophile by church leaders first and you you disobeyed the rules you agreed to. Let me tell you a little something about people who like to be in charge is they like power and they like control. So I guarantee you if it wasn't a woman annulling her marriage to a fucking criminal, well, assuming that he did he didn't act about on it, but she pedophilia. knew he had those interests. Um yeah, no, they can just fucking kick rocks. Yeah. Like, stay the fuck out of my business. Another it's really reason what I say to churches all the time. Another reason this guy owed his congregation explanation. He's the executive chairman of a group called Acts 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 Twenty Nine, which is a church planting network that basically is known for giving giant wheelbarrows of cash to That's men right, this who start new churches. Place. And the X-29 was founded by Mark Driscoll, who is known for being spiritually abusive and misogynistic, Uh and also he's a plagiarist and an internet troll. And the guy that, after they kicked out Mark Driscoll for being a monster, Uh the guy they replaced him with was then fired for spiritual abuse as well. And we talked about this because earlier this year when Christianity Today did an interview with Matt Chandler, who's Uh the new guy in charge, and they're like, so you guys are revamping your vetting process, you, you say, for like church leaders. Well, let me ask you, would your vetting process have kicked out Mark Driscoll and the guy who took his place? Like, is it is it good enough that and? you would have gotten them out? And the answer was like, well, I hope they would get caught by it. I mean, narcissism is hard to catch. It's not hard to catch. Narcissists are really easy to identify because they only talk about themselves and yeah. don't care about other people. I'm related to So anyway, uh, this is the guy who's like, you guys have done something wrong with a woman, and now I need to leave my job until the babysitters in charge of me at this church give you the okay. And now three months later, here he is saying, hey, you guys, I'm back. I'm back. It worked And they gave him a standing ovation. Of course. Of course they did. And no one knows what's happened in the past three months because no one's talking. I want to... redact my earlier statement narcissists aren't always easy to find out they're very good at manipulating people it's nobody's fault if you get i should say this is interesting here's what he actually said to the congregation i'm not playing this for you because screw this guy he said he said the elders care plan involved a couple of intensives and i i don't know what that means and i actually went I, i even got a neurological exam I don't know if you were around for that, but I actually don't have a right frontal lobe. I had a tumor taken out 13 years ago and radiation and all that. So we needed like, hey, is there something wrong with my brain? And that's the work I've been doing over the last three months. Some intensives with some experts. And then is my brain okay? And, and, and I don't have like, here's the eight takeaways. I'll stop there. That's what he actually said on Sunday to his congregation. I'm an actor. This man, this 
This man is missing part of his frontal lobe, which is higher functioning. Oh, God. Yeah. Which, if I you mean, don't have a right frontal lobe, it makes you DM women on Instagram like you're Adam Levine. Well, I mean, your frontal lobes, I am. Uh, I only work for a neurological sur- surgery society for a couple of years, so I'm not an expert. <laughs> but I think uh-huh. the frontal lobes are the ones that do. Oh, let's look at my uh, my little uh, head here. Um, <laughs> I have a phrenology bust. <laughs> the hell? No, but the front is like the higher functioning, like. I think that's the whole thing with like frontal head injuries is you survive and you can be okay, but I think it alters your personality. I think I this is from Christianity Today. They actually did find out what he's done for a little while here. Oh. Um, Wait, well, hold on. I just need yeah. everybody to, before we move yes, forward, yes. my dude stood up on a pulpit yeah. and was like, yeah, I was gone for three months. I went to two sessions. Also, by the way, a chunk of my brain is just fully <laughs> not in my noggin. Right. So mm-hmm. we went to a neurologist. Like when you said, oh, I talked to neurologists, I'm like, I feel like counselor is the right. the starting platform. You don't start at neurologist. <laughs> you start at counselor, therapist, psychiatrist, yeah. psychologist, or whatever. Like, According to posts on Instagram, Holy Matt Chandler shit. spent some time at a men's summit led by a pastor who wrote a book about deliverance from bad choices. In October, that would be within the three months, he attended an Acts 29 gala and spoke there. And then later that month, he wrote about spending time at a river cabin, going for walks, practicing jujitsu. And in November, he went elk hunting. He posted a picture of himself in camo in the snow with as a rifle slug a over his shoulder. And he said, we talked about Jesus and marriage and the dark things that can plague men. Mm-hmm. Anyway, that's what he did for three months. And now he's safe around women or so we're told. Okay, listen, I'm just looking. I'm doing some light research and into what long term effects of frontal lobe <laughs> okay. trauma. Uh-huh. Uh, long term effects. I'm sure this will be. A hundred percent accurate. Well, it's not. God, this is so <laughs> embarrassing. It's on verywellhealth.com. But okay, so I was right that the frontal lobe is a little more like personality. Tra- so like your, your, what's this back here? Your occipital. No, no, no. What this is, is your medulla oblongata. Oh, dear Like God. that's like your lizard brain, right? Like your heartbeat and your shit like that. Oh, I'm going to let you dig the hole gets. yourself here. No, I'm correct. I While I'm an idiot, I'm also correct about things sometimes. <laughs> but your frontal lobe, like that's why humans have a brain that looks the way we do. Most, most animals don't have a developed mm-hmm. frontal lobe. Um, and that's why they don't have like speech capacity or like higher reasoning skills. And so my understanding. That's why those animals don't DM people. That is one of the many reasons. Second, mm-hmm. usually I would say is lack of opposable thumbs. But that too. what the fuck do I know? Anyway, I know you can have a hemispherectomy and like, <laughs> mean what? I mean, take your entire, half your entire brain out and you can. Oh my God, I'm losing my mind. Anyway, I just think the appropriate place for that to that your fr- I know I almost knocked over seventeen things. <laughs> I think your frontal lobe is like where your personality and your higher functioning lives. So uh, it just seems to me that if somebody had some of their higher lobe, their frontal lobe removed and is making bad impulsive decisions, he's in charge of so much money and so many Christians. Slowed critical thinking, impatience, and intolerance of others, impulsive, da- dangerous and his behaviors. Choices up to this point are not known for being the right ones. Verbal and physical out. Poor judgment, apathy, mm-hmm. rigidity, and inflexibility, and are you ready? I, Egocentricity. I just want to see the DMs, is all I'm saying. 
Listen, if you I have DMs that you are hiding from people, send them to me. Honestly, I got nothing better to do. Honestly, yeah, guys, if you have any gossip about anybody that. about anything, I want to hear about it. For Give the bonus just, episode. And then we'll talk about and it. And we'll talk about just random people's gossip. Yeah. <gasps> I would love that, actually. Send us your best. Oh, yeah. Worst Give us like. Males. Yes. Give us like a really. The, your cocktail party story. Oh, oh, yeah. Ooh, let's send do that in us bonus. like the story you told about your ex to your friends after it was over. See, I want that email. See, we're going to be good po- podcasters soon. This is the kind of shit people like. Yes. Have you heard of the podcast Normal Gossip? I don't want normal gossip. No, 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 it's just a podcast. So it's literally somebody's like, I'm just going to tell you a story that like a friend of a friend oh, told like me that. about their wild. That's, thing. that's a good premise. It I was, like it. it's very funny. <laughs> okay. Anyway, I'm boy, moving. Sorry. To, okay. This story, which I thought was going to be like the story we were talking about <laughs> until five other three things hours happened. In. Yeah. <laughs> Did you see the tweet that was like, every podcast is like 40 minutes into the podcast. Okay. Right, let's, let's just jump dive right, right in. in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we don't do that. I yeah. would give that to us. We're done to business with. I made minute. the I made the title card for this episode already, mm. and it's this and story, it's this. and it's an hour it's into the podcast, so, so it's correct. Um, <laughs> so here's the deal: if you take an Uber or a Lyft mm. anywhere, mm-hmm. um, you know, if you're me, not to brag, I do and have. <laughs> if you do it, like it's always a gamble. If you want to talk to the driver while they're driving, mm-hmm. because like personally, it's like just. Shut up and drive. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean that respectfully. Mm-hmm. I'll do my thing. You do yours. And then I'll give you a good tip and I'll give you a good rating. Right? That's my deal. Um, both ride-sharing companies, Uber and Lyft, have policies, obviously, prohibiting religious discrimination. Right. Drivers can't say, I'm not going to drive you because you're Christian, atheist, whatever. Totally makes sense. Um but there's no rule, apparently. Other way around? Uh, other way around, too. Like, you can't... Oh. You, I mean, I don't think that's allowed. Okay. Like, if you're a customer and you're saying, I'm not going to let that person drive well, I'm me... I'm not going to let a Muslim guy drive me or whatever. Yeah, I would think you would be banned from the... Uh, okay, okay. Anyway, I, I there's no was... rule that I know of blocking drivers from talking about their religion and proselytizing Shh. and Ooh. attempting to win new converts. There is something that says, like, you shouldn't talk about politics, but there's nothing that says you're not allowed to talk about religion. And here's the thing. Christians know it. <laughs> so this week, or maybe last week, like an Associated Press article focused on Lyft drivers who saw their work as mobile Christian ministries. Mm, boy. And here's part of the article. The car is such an ideal place to do this because it's personal, said one guy who drives for trapped. Lyft. Yeah, I can share my faith, and it's so important because that's what I live for. And I can control the door locks. Mm, I'll get to that. So he says he begins with a greeting and a kind word. His priority, he says, is to introduce passengers to Christ. But he's respectful if they're not receptive. They're often Christian, but he has also spoken to atheists, Buddhists, Hindus, <gasps> Jews, and Muslims. Instead of trying to preach, he says he focuses his message on the love of God and tends to avoid doctrine, which... Okay, whatever. If that's supposed to seem mild, the things you brought up are the things I'm worried about. Because if someone who is driving me Mm -hmm. is in control of my life, is behind the locks, Mm -hmm. and is saying, I want to talk about God here... What are your options at that point? That's great, Greg. I'd love to hear all about it, Greg. Thank you. Part of it is, all right, fine. I'll go along with it because I'm kind of afraid to say otherwise because I don't know if you're going to snap if I'm not interested in it or if I vehemently disagree with you about God. Because like with people like us, it's like, do I want to start this debate here? I don't really want to. With people like you, it's do I want to start this debate. With people like me, it's... With people like atheists who might want to start 
let's start this debate. <laughs> but it's like, yeah, like it would be more respectful if he didn't work off the assumption that his clients want to change their religious beliefs or something. Sure. Um, but you, here's the thing. Okay. The, the, and the whole point of like evangelicalism is that there are no boundaries when it comes to sharing your faith. But there is a difference between using your social media profiles to preach what you believe, mm-hmm. which I can choose to opt into, mm-hmm. or podcasts, which I can choose to listen to, or TV shows where I can change the channel, sure. versus a rideshare company where passengers may not be able to leave the car mm-hmm. and you're literally, you have my life in your hand. The subjects of the AP article, the drivers in that piece, they were like, we could take no for an answer. Right. Right. There's no way for passengers to know what will make a driver snap. Of course. So how many people just smiled and nodded or pretended they wanted to hear about Jesus because they were worried about the alternatives? So the Freedom From Religion Foundation, uh, I wish I mentioned earlier, they're now calling for both companies to just put a stop to this before it gets worse. They wrote in a letter, no one, they're, they're calling for a policy change that says, do not talk about politics or religion. I, I'm making this up. I'm paraphrasing. Okay. Don't talk about it unless it is brought up organically or something. But like, you cannot begin the conversation that way or something. I don't know. Uh-huh. Um, there should be policies, FFRF says, prohibiting its drivers from proselytizing, preaching, or otherwise utilizing its services to advance their personal religious viewpoints. They say no one should have to pay to be missionized against their will. At worst, they may the passengers may feel personally threatened or be in jeopardy if they express disagreement. Oof. So they're not calling for censorship. This isn't a sure. overreaction to mild mentions of religion. They're just saying, look, your business interests are to make sure drivers and riders are comfortable. Mm-hmm. So do it. Comfortable and safe and feel safe. Yeah, and feel safe. And like this is not a way to make them feel safe. And again, if you guys, if the driver, passenger are talking and it comes up in conversation, that's one thing. But these drivers are making it clear they are that part of their job in their heads is using their position. To try to convert kids. If a teacher said this, it would be disturbing. Right. If anyone in any public position or a position where I don't have a choice about who I have here is, is doing this, it would be disturbing. And look, any driver, any passenger can always say, I'm going to give you a low rating mm-hmm. after I'm out of the car because you did this. And right. that's my way of pushing back against this. But again, the concern is if you're, let's say you're Muslim, Uh visibly Muslim or something with a headscarf or something, and you get into a car and a driver starts talking about Jesus, I can completely imagine not just the discomfort, Mm -hmm. but the idea that I don't feel safe telling this person, Uh I don't agree, I don't want to talk about this, I disagree with him, so I can go along with it because I'm worried there's no way around that, and a one-star rating isn't going to change that after the fact. Right. So both of these companies, it shouldn't be a hard sell to just say, look, if you are a driver for us, you don't bring up these. You you should not bring this stuff up. Don't use our platform to advance your agenda. That doesn't seem like a weird policy. No. And that wouldn't just apply to religion. And it I, would apply to politics and other stuff as and well. And I do think it that's a really good example, I think, of men experiencing what women experience all the time every day is this sort of realization of, like, I'm not actually safe here if this person makes a decision. And women deal with that just walking down the street of, like, if the dude next to me makes a weird decision or sees me and thinks I 
am something to him. I am unsafe. And I think this is a very good example of like men understanding like, yeah, usually women are trapped in some way, maybe emotionally, maybe physically, maybe, you know, spiritually or whatever. Now men can understand, oh, I'm trapped in a car and feel unsafe. This sucks. I sure hope women don't feel like this all day, every day. And if so, I sure want to do something about it. Do and you think that's what happens? that's the story of Matt Chandler's church. Um, do you... Okay, what this made me think of, this story, made me think of this quote from Zachary Levi that I read um, that he said, and I just was pulling it up because I wanted to make sure I wasn't um, uh, making it up or, like, you know, refiguring it. Um, he said, quote, when people ask him, what is your peace all about? What is your comfort all about? Where do you get your love? Where do you get your talents? And I can turn to them and say, without blinking, Jesus Christ. Mm. So the first hmm. half that... Um, quote, if I remember right, is like, you know, I don't want to like portray my religions, whatever. So I just show up and be the best person. And when people ask me why I'm so talented and whatever, it's Jesus. So he lets them start the conversation. Exactly. But still to me, that feels so, um, God, I don't know the word of like, performative I guess of like I am doing all of this in the back of my head to like please Jesus or whatever or not even that I'm doing all this in the back of my head so when somebody finally notices how talented or hardworking or nice I am I can then pull the rug out from under them and be like, ha it was Jesus I do not like the idea that the people who believe like Jesus take the wheel are also driving Ubers. That's not great. Mm -hmm. All right, one last story for you here. Um, the Associated Press is finally uh, releasing results from their vote cast, which is their massive survey after the midterms, uh, because the Associated Press has more. They call the races on sure. their end. They have all these reporters everywhere. So they do a survey, like exit surveys and all that. So how did you vote? Who did you vote for? What's your deal? So we can try to figure out how Americans mm-hmm. voted. And what they found is voters without religious affiliation, mm-hmm. which is about 22% of all voters, they Hell said yeah. in the midterms, um, they backed Democratic candidates and abortion rights, quote, by staggering percentages. Here's what they I said. I love staggering. The unaffiliated, or the nuns, voted for Democratic House candidates nationwide over Republicans by more than a two-to-one margin, 65% to 31%. Huh. Um, basically, they said, for all the talk of the overwhelmingly Republican voting by white evangelical Christians in recent elections, the unaffiliated are making their presence felt. So keep this in mind. Okay. Um, like 22% of voters were non-religious here. 30% of voters were evangelical Christians, which we know are overwhelmingly Republican, uh-huh. uh, especially white ones. Uh-huh. 22% of re- voters were Catholics, who are typically split down the middle politically. Uh-huh. Um, 13% of voters were other kinds of Christians. 13% were voters from other groups. So we are one of the biggest pluralities of the American voting public. And we're a pretty reliable voting block at this point. Yeah, and here's what they said about about the non-religious voters. About four in five people with no religious affiliation voted against abortion restrictions Mm. in Michigan and Kentucky. Give me that percent again. 80% of the nuns voted against abortion restrictions in referendums in Michigan and Kentucky. Between 66% and 75% of nuns supported Democratic candidates in Arizona and Wisconsin, where there were some close races. Mm -hmm. Um, About 80% of people with no religion voted for Josh Shapiro and John Fetterman in Pennsylvania for the governor and senator's race. 
So, I mean, let me just put this in perspective here. The Michigan abortion measure passed with 56% support. We're a big part of that. Mm -hmm. Kentucky's attempt at a constitutional abortion ban failed because 52% of voters rejected it. We're a part of that. Arizona's statewide races for governor and all that were very close, but Democrats pulled off major victories by very small margins. That's because of us. In a very gerrymandered Wisconsin, Democrats prevented a GOP supermajority, mm-hmm. which allows their Democratic governor, Tony Evers, to maintain his veto power. Mm-hmm. That's because of us. And in Pennsylvania, Fetterman's win was called on election night, and Shapiro like won comfortably against a Christian nationalist. Shapiro, of course, has gone after religious sexual abuse in the Catholic Church. Wait, was and that among- the race against Oz? Mm-hmm. Uh, Fetterman was against us. So the point is, these are some of the biggest wins Mm. for Democrats in the midterms, some of them by very small margins. And we are the reason Mm. some of these, without our base, and you could say this for a lot of groups, but without our base, these wins would not have happened. Mm -hmm. But here's the thing. You Democrats need us. This is the thing that bothers me. I know I've said this before. We are not... Democrats are not catering to us. They do not seek our vote. They don't go out of their way to court our vote. Some of that is logistical. Where do you go to find the atheist vote? I mean, vote? this is the black vote, too. Yeah. It's the exact same complaint. I would. L- but they court the black vote, and they, they do specifically the will tailor advertising yeah. to the different demographics. You're right. You're right. We're not asking them to promote atheism. You are. Uh, I'm not. You And nor should are. they. Nor should they. You and we're not, not asking them. not rest until this is an atheism country. Damn right. And they're not ask, we're not asking for politicians to endorse our beliefs. Truly. But it would be so doable for Democratic candidates to promote church-state separation everywhere they go, mm-hmm. call out religious bigotry. I mean, obviously make policy decisions that are based on facts and reasons and not irrational faith-based beliefs. Like, I don't need Democrats to function as an arm of American atheists. I need them to respect the fact that we have secular nation, secular roots to our nation, and then act accordingly. That's the thing. It wouldn't ask much of them to court our vote explicitly Mm -hmm. and say, listen, if religion isn't your thing, I'm your candidate they would never do that. They don't do that right now. They yeah. should. And remember, I think we're approaching that Rubicon though. Uh, right, I do. Maybe, maybe, but I we're not the there yet. Gonna... And remember, the on in the past election, seventy openly non-religious candidates won their races for state legislatures and beyond. And as far as I can tell, maybe like one or two of them ever had religion come up in their races as a potential, like, backlash or anything. I mean, I I would say maybe up into national elections in most parts of the country, I feel like the Christ, you have to be Christian to be in office or whatever is more or in less some no parts. longer a thing. That's what I'm saying. Right, right, right. In some, right. Parts, in some parts. parts, it's no longer the deciding factor. Now, here's or where... even, I would <clears throat> go beyond a deciding factor and say even a point of interest. yeah. Like, I think... Like, if I'm looking at the Fetterman-Oz campaign, Mm -hmm. religion does not come up for me in that race. No, not at all. And I will say, with the Oz race and the Walker race in Georgia, I do want to point out that not only, you know, like, fucking Walker... They were both nightmare candidates, right? Oz and Walker? Yeah. Different reasons, yeah. Different reasons, both classic idiots. Um, But they both had name recognition over their opponent. Which, I mean... Warnock was incumbent, so whatever. 
I do think it is worth noting that like name recognition is a huge deal. I'm pretty sure that's the only reason Schwarzenegger was governor. It's like oh sure, is just they recognize no doubt about the name recognition, but religion wasn't the thing. Like they rejected draws even though he had a name that everybody knew and he was on the Oprah show, and they were still Mm -hmm. like. Draz, if you talk to me about Crudite, did you see the Crudite video? I did. But you know, the thing about us is like, I think I saw some articles that are like, are people going to be, are Republicans going to be worried or turned off to him because he's Muslim? I forgot he's Muslim. But that's the point. It didn't come up because there were bigger issues and he didn't talk about it. Is he, well, you don't know. I don't know. I don't think he's practicing, but again, it didn't matter. But like, he didn't talk about it and it didn't come up in the race. I. I assume Fetterman is religious, but it didn't come up either. So you're right. There are some places where religion isn't even an issue. But that's all the more reason for Democrats to say explicitly, there are a lot of you who are non-religious. We need your vote because here's what you get from us. If you vote for the other side or you stay at home, here's what's going to happen. Religious bigotry will keep winning out. Um, Here's the downside from the data. Secular Americans, non-religious, the nuns, we make up about 29% of the country. That's according to the Pew Research Center. Mm-hmm. But according to the Associated Press this week, we make up only 22% of the electorate. I was As nuns, we are punching out. under our weight. Is it the Electoral College fucking us up? Because no, it has of... nothing to do with it. Really? No, no, no. We're just not voting. Nuns don't vote. Now, all those wishy-washy, oh, I'm spiritual, but not religious, okay. they're the reason oh, we're we not... Have, pun- they don't, we they have, have no opinions. Them? Yeah, they have no opinions about anything. They don't How vote. How we don't count them? Atheists and agnostics, we punch above our weight. We're like 4% of the population, but like we all vote. Mm-hmm. The nuns, the rest of us don't vote. There are 63% of Christians, uh, 63% of the country's Christian, mm-hmm. according to one statistics uh, statistic, but they were 65% of the electorate. Okay. So they're punching above their weight. And again, white evangelicals and conservative Catholics, they vote more than their representation in the population. Does that have to do with age or does it have I to do with I think it's because part of their beliefs is, good is like, enough. you know what? If I'm an evangelical Christian and I don't like trans, I don't think trans people exist and I don't like gay people. I know the way to get that implemented is through politics, so I am going to vote. I want abortion gone. I am going to vote. And if you're an atheist and you're the sort of person who listens to this podcast, it's like, I'm going to vote for the Christian preacher in Georgia because that's a way to protect church-state separation. Um, And, like, we care about these issues that are very political in nature. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's, like, four Republican atheists in the country. Mm -hmm. They vote, too. But, like, again, if you look at us as a whole, this is what I am taking away from this. We are such an important part of the Democratic base. Mm-hmm. They need us. They, we, they, because of us, they won these big things. And yet, Democrats as a party do not respect our vote the way Republicans rely on white evangelicals and cater to them. That needs to end. And it shouldn't be hard because we're not asking them for the same sort of stuff white evangelicals are asking for. <sighs> End of rant. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I do think this is just going to be our lot in life for a while. <laughs> for genuinely, probably the rest of our lives, certainly, is that atheists are going to be a, as we grow in population, we're going to be a, li- a reliable liberal voting block. And as such, we'll be roundly ignored by the establishment. But that's okay, because I would rather them focus on people in the middle and bringing them over to our cause. I am happy not to be courted. I, I think there is a way to court our vote explicitly 
without alienating those swing voters, the independent voters, the three of them that are left. I think you think people are smarter than they are. No, I don't. I think they're all very, very dumb. I just, and I think you could say, look, you don't want religious extremism controlling what happens in your schools, mm-hmm. what happens in our laws. I'm the candidate who's not going to let religion get in the way. I want you to believe what you want to believe. This is why you'd be that, a terrible politician because right, people will stop listening immediately. You need to have something <laughs> pithy. I'm not even doing a bit. Like You have to be pithy and have a soundbite and it needs to be repeatable. I'll Otherwise, people get that. bored and they're pretty dumb. There you go. Where do we find you? You can always find me on uh, Twitter at Jess Blumke. You can also always leave us a review on iTunes, um, our most recent review. Thank God it's five star. Well, I can't read any more. No, oh, it's, okay. It's you found up. it. Fuck wow. Off. Look I'm at ready. you. Um, title brings me joy from December 1st from Darren. Austin, I love listening to them both and learning their perspectives. It helps widen my understanding of the world. Also, just to make my review of the show complete, insert idiotic and rude comment about Jessica here. I like it. They know the brand. Very nice. Oh, that's I haven't checked these in a hot uh, minute. You could find me at Hemant Meta on Twitter as long as that's still around or until I leave. I don't know how it works anymore. You can find us at FriendlyAtheistPodcast at gmail.com. Go to Patreon.com slash FriendlyAtheistPodcast to support the show. Leave mm-hmm. us a review. And before we pop off, I just quickly want to say um, an incident we found out today happened with um, Ted Cruz and his, or yesterday, Ted Cruz and his daughter. Um, his daughter uh, came out as bi earlier this year and attempted suicide. Um, yesterday, uh, we wish her a speedy recovery and the support she needs to get through this. Um, Ted Cruz can go suck my dick. We are seeing what the effects of these people have on their own family. Imagine the effects that they're having on the country. And if you are feeling hopeless or um, uh, suicidal, please, 988 is the new national number. Um, It's not just suicide hotline. It's a mental mental crisis hotline as well. 988, please do uh, call it. We need you here. Um, So that's the end. We'll talk to you next week. Bye.